0: Intrigued about going through the Bible and some books of the Bible, you don't understand. You can join us if you are out of state, and uh, Bible study every week. We just go chapter by chapter of the Bible, or you can come join us here live or right here in the church if you're local or close by, and uh, that will be a blessing. So anyway, uh, if you gonna open, uh, I'm sorry, if you can oh, if you could open your Bibles in First Kings chapter 11, verse 9. And I'm sorry about that. First Kings chapter 11. And let's look at verse 9. And uh, don't think that this is the same message from last week. Because it says, last week said, and here it says, A foolish wise man. He said, didn't we talk about foolishness last week? Yes, we did. Uh, we're going to look at the whole chapter today or tonight. Last week we looked at a, a fraction of the of the chapter. Last week the title was a wise fool. Today is a foolish wise man. I, <laughs> it's more like a continuation. I didn't want to put the same title, but it is very similar. So we're going to talk some things that probably you're going to say, "Oh, pastor, what you talk about that," but uh, we're just going to look at the whole chapter. Okay. So uh, let's look at a couple of verses here and we will pray and go to our study tonight. Look what it says in verse 9 of 1 Kings chapter 11. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel which had appeared unto him twice and had commanded him concerning these things that he should not go after other gods but he kept not, uh, not that which the Lord commanded. Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, for as much as this is done of thee, and has not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commended thee, I will surely rent the kingdom from thee, and will give it to thy servant. Notwithstanding in thy days, I will not do it for David my, thy father's sake, but I will rent, rent it out of the hand of thy son. What a sad thing right here we look at these verses let's pray heavily father thank you lord father for this passage of scripture and lord uh, is the life of someone that lived at one time lord he was the wisest man that ever lived and you give him all that wisdom he was very rich you give him all that wealth and lord with all that that he had he was not satisfied he went after other gods and many women and his heart just walked away from you and Lord, may we learn tonight, Lord, uh, to stay close to you, to be obedient, and Lord, to be content and satisfied, just communing with you each and every day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, folks, let me put it this way. Solomon had everything he wanted, all right? He was rich, very rich. Uh, God gave him wisdom, and with his wisdom, he uses wisdom to... uh, yeah, very rich. And he was. The Bible describes how rich this man was. Uh, but he was a sinner just like you and I. We are sinners. And uh, even though we saved, it doesn't mean that we cannot sin. Uh, Pastor Emsbaugh, I know Brother Tom remembers that. He met one time when he had a radio ministry. Uh, he, uh, this man actually, uh, Pastor Emsbaugh talked about, I think it was Calvinism. And this man actually called Pastor Am- uh, I think I'm right. Uh, called Pastor Amsball and Pastor Amsball when they had a meeting together. And uh, the conversation went, went, went one way and another way. And finally, this man said, i been saved, I think, what, 20 or 30 years, whatever it was. I'm not sure. And he said, I don't sin for about 30 years or 20 years. you remember that, brother? It was like, wow. And Pastor Amsball said to him, I said, really, you don't sin for all these years? Well, now, all of us as Christians here, okay, since you've been saved did you sin of course we have a sinful nature don't we and we have a great god that is a forgiving god that forgives us uh, solomon uh, solomon right here was a man that asked god for wisdom because he could not he was overwhelmed by god's god's people and he wanted to take care of the people of god and he asked god for wisdom god gave him wisdom As time went by, he got to be very rich. But there's one thing that he did. He uh, disobeyed God by begin to take his eyes off the Lord and look at the things of the world. But let me tell you, folks, same thing for all of us here. The world is around us. And you probably can say in your own, and you can think of people today, you walked away from God, His house, His word, and today are living just like anybody else out there. You would not even think, if you didn't know them, in a personal way, you wouldn't say you would even think they're Christians, the way they live. You know, you know why? Because they took their eyes off God and they put their eyes on the world and they were enticed by it. And they let the world just fill their hearts and God became secondary to them. That's what happened here to Solomon. He literally allowed the gods of his wives to take over his heart. And he went after those gods. But let me tell you this. Um, God gives Solomon unusual wisdom. He did incredible wealth and great opportunities. But in his old older years, he turned from God and made foolish decisions and did win uh, and well. He actually wrote these words about himself that fits the actions of many other people to all, to all of us. Actually, go to Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 3. Keep your finger there uh, on 1 uh, Kings chapter 11. But look at Proverbs 19, 3. That was Solomon that wrote this thing. You would think that a man that wrote such words <laughs> would, would stay close to the Lord. But look what he says. It's kind of uh, hilarious, but you know, he has a sinful heart just like we do. But look what it says. The foolishness of man perverted his ways. And his heart fretted against, against the Lord. Isn't is that what he did? That's what he did. The sad thing is that Solomon wrote those words and probably believed them at one time when he wrote it. But he didn't heed to them. You follow that? It isn't difficult to trace the steps of Solomon downward path. It just uh, just let's look at this. From, we're going to look at this from several points. But let me tell you this. Listen, you can, you can be a good talker. You can be come out with profound statements. And when you write it, you're believing in what you're writing. But it doesn't mean that you're going to follow what you're writing. It's amazing that that's what this man did. And we look at the book of Proverbs and say, wow, that's a good practical book, isn't it? I mean, you can go to Proverbs today and, and practically use it for everyday life. But the man that wrote the book, I mean, you walked away from the Lord. So let's look at this from several points tonight, okay? Number one, we see disobedience. First King 11, 6, if you go back there, look what it says. So what a strong statement it says right here. And Solomon, well, look what it says. Did what? Evil in the sight of the Lord, and when not fully after the Lord as did his father. It literally is not like he didn't walk or was... was is 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 walk with the Lord is not is not like his father. It's not what the Bible is saying. His Bible says that he did evil. Not like he sinned against the Lord. The Lord says he did evil. I mean, all sin is evil. But what he was doing, what he was doing here. He married so many women, and he was going after the, their gods. And if we if listen, if we do a study on the gods that this that's uh, uh, of Solomon's wife. We're gonna like scratch our head and say, "How in the world do you go after someone like that?" You know, many people did, including people that know knew the Lord. So, let me put it this way, folks: free will is a wonderful thing that God gave the human race, isn't it? Is free will good? Yes. I mean, not a not a robot. You know, we have a robot in the house. What do we call him? Fred. Is it Fred? Fred. Fred is in the house. What's the what's the other one in Florida? Shark is that shark? Yeah. Shark. Shark is in Florida. Fred is in the house here. So you know we touch the button. Here goes Fred, banging his heads all over the furniture and everywhere. He's a robot. He's programmed for that. I mean, the other day she 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 calls me. So look look and she touched the whatever button and here's the one in Florida going by himself miles away. We are. That's amazing how it does. But anyway, and then Sharky was. You know, swam you all over the house, and finally went back to his hole. But we're not like that. It Lord we and I can't imagine if we're robots banging walls all over the place. No, we are humans, and God created us in His own image. You know what? Created us with the with the will to choose. Listen, I can preach until tomorrow here, but I cannot make you obey God. Isn't that true? I cannot make you obey God. I tr- I can give. Having have one of my best preachings and, and you say, good message, but that's how far it goes. Because it's a choice. It is a choice to either obey or disobey, to do what we want to do, to do what God says. It is a choice. You know what? And we do make that choice every day. Every day when God gives you a new day and you get out of bed, you make that choice. Who am I going to serve today? So. Free will is a wonderful thing. In other words, He gave us the choice to choose and make choices. The Lord always going to to want a heart that loves and obeys Him. And returns, and He returns, He floods us with what? Blessings. Goodness, if you only write the blessings of God in a book. Every time, every blessing, every blessing. What do you think you You will run out of place to write and buy another book and another book and another book? I mean, you know, you will. You know, because God floods us with blessings. But God wants us to serve Him, to love Him out of our own free will. You cannot, listen, you cannot make me love God. I cannot make you love God. It's a choice that we make, isn't it? Well, Solomon made made a choice here. He knew the God of Israel. He knew that he knew how his father walked with the Lord. It's not like he didn't know. Like this kid grew up in, sort of speaking, a Christian home. Follow that? Yeah. He grew up there. He knew the, the, his father that he loved God. All of his life, that's what he saw. You know, not like his father was perfect, but he saw that. And he walked with the Lord for several years until he made that he made that choice. So Solomon was blessed by God in many different ways, but it came a time in his life in which he made a choice to outright disobey God. Now let's us keep in mind that disobedience leads to what? Unwanted consequences. Folks, we live in a world today in which people think they can do whatever they want to do, and, where, and, and there is no consequences for, for their actions. Folks, for every action there is either blessings or consequences. It doesn't matter if it's in the church, but even our regular living, right? In our regular living, there's consequences for our bad actions. So, for let let's put an example. Let's put an example. Let's talk about alcohol for an example. All right? Some people make fun and stuff, and then they are, you, if you drink alcohol constantly, there after, you start in the morning, your, your, first, your first cup of coffee is alcohol, and you keep going, what do you think it's going to do to your body eventually? Cirrhosis to the liver, you know, and many other diseases that come about. I mean, you know, uh, we, we, we play with it, but there's the truth. In mind, some people might resist or might, might be stronger uh, for a longer time than others, but if we continue in that path, that's where it leads to. Something with something with drugs and many other different things. But what about being God? You see, when people walk away from the Lord, it doesn't happen overnight. I believe that. It happens with a step. Then progressively a series of steps that continually walk away from the Lord. It happens with a step. It like, I, don't, I don't believe suddenly from, day, from today to tomorrow, boom. I don't think for a person that loves God and walks with God and and studies the word of God and and, and goes to the house of God, it doesn't happen overnight. It happens a serious one step. That step leads to another step. then leads to another step. And they continue to walk away from the Lord. Perhaps for Solomon going back to Egypt may have been Solomon's first step in turning away from the Lord. Why I would say that? He secured a bride from Egypt, and he purchased horses and chariots there. Both of these actions reveal Solomon's unbelief. First of all, he married the Egyptian princess in order to establish a peace treaty with her father, and he wanted horses and chariots because he didn't really, why I would say this, he didn't really believe that Jehovah God would protect the land. Actually, in Psalm 20, verse 7, look what it says. As Father said, put this this down, it says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. You see that? It's interesting that uh, his marriages uh, and his uh, procuring of horses and chariots were direct disobedience to the Lord's clear commands. You see how you know that? All right, you want verses? I'll give it to you. Deuteronomy chapter 17, 16 uh, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 1 to 6, Exodus 23, 31 to 34, Exodus 34, 15 to 16, and Joshua 23, 12 and th- to 13. You see, the God commanded that you trust me. You don't need those things. But he wanted, he wanted to get that so he could protect himself. You know, that's, that's a human mind looking at earthly things when God said, listen, if I give you this and this and this, I think I can take care of you. Maybe that was the first step of Solomon. To a to a a, a series of steps that he took, took after that. See, so we have a tendency to think that our bad choices won't hurt, won't hurt, uh, uh, neither influence future generations. But the reality is that we are wrong. What we do today can influence. You and, and, and uh, uh, your, uh, your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren in, in the future. Solomon, bad example in choosing wives from pagan nations, created problems for Ezra and Nehemiah over four centuries later. Actually, go to Nehemiah chapter 13, and I want, I want you to see something there. And we come back. Nehemiah chapter 13. Uh, let me give you the, the right verse here. in verse 23 to t- verse 27 Nehemiah 13. I want you to see something there. Look at verse 26. Pretty clear what it says there. Did not Solomon king of Israel sinned by these things? Yet among many nations was there no king like him. He was beloved of his God, and God made him king over all Israel. Over all Israel. Nevertheless, even him did our, our dash woman cause to sin. Shall we then hearken unto on, you to do all this great evil, to transgress against our God and marry strange wives? You see, years later, I mean, if you can look to, look, read the whole chapter, but years, years later, Nehemiah right here brings the name of what? Solomon back. Then Solomon did this stuff. Let's not repeat what he did. What he did. See, in the terms of biblical ge- uh, ge- uh, geography, e- Egypt represents the bondage of the world. The wilderness uh, pictures the unbelief of God's people today, as as like Israel, they they wander and fail to lay hold of the inheritance in Christ. So the promised land represents the rest. God gives to those who trust Christ, submit to him, and go forth to conquer by faith. So, let's look at this, this point right here, disobedience. You know, we think that, I mean, I don't know, some people or some Christian people, and, it, and you know, they outright live in disobedience, and they think they'll be okay. No. Let's look at letter A. Disobedience, what it does, it brings set consequences All believers have been delivered from this humanistic world system that is contrary to God. And all believers are exhorted to claim the inheritance in Christ now uh, now and not to wander aimlessly through life. Listen, folks. let's, Let's be real here. Okay. The people of this world who reject God, what's their aim? Think about it. What's the, what, what is the aim of people that don't know the Lord or don't know, want nothing to do with Him? What is the aim? They're gonna live until what? They die and hoping that they go to heaven, hoping, hoping is not a is not an aim. I'm just hope so that I can make it there. We have an aim. Those of us who are Christians, we have an aim. What is our aim? Heaven. We know we're going there for sure. You see, why in the world I wanted to go and be like them, not I'm, I'm making myself bigger than, than those who aren't saved, because I've been in the other wall too, the other side of the wall, but why am I going to return to that when I know here I have aim living for God, because I know where I'm going. Isn't that a wonderful hope that we have in our hearts? So, Many Christians don't like to hear this because they think they know better than God knows. Folks, God has been around a lot longer than any of us. And he knows all the schemes of the devil. For an example, by marrying outside your faith, you're asking for a sad life of trouble. By the way, if you don't believe me, ask those who've done it. Ask do- those who've done it and it will tell you. There are situations that one of the spouses got saved. Praise the Lord. But it doesn't happen every time. How many wives did Solomon have or had? All combined with like about 900. How many of them got saved? He's the one who walked away from God. I I don't read in the Bible of any of them actually coming to the God of Israel. Sometimes we think, you know, oh, I changed them. Oh, no, they changed you. I can't find a Christian husband or Christian wife. Well, oh, pray for one. <laughs> you know, is that easy. Pray for one. God in this time will give it to you. You just got to pray for it. Ask in a while shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Folks, the danger of marrying unbelievers is spelled out in verse 2 there, which is a quotation in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 4. They will turn away your heart after their gods. That's exactly what happened to Solomon. Solomon had exhorted, had exhorted the people to have hearts that were perfect with the Lord. That is, hearts that were undivided, totally yield to him alone, but his heart wasn't perfect with God. Solomon didn't totally ab- abandon God but made him one of the many gods he worshiped. And you know what? Our God' doesn't want doesn't to share our heart, our heart, doesn't want our hearts to be shared with other things. He wants us, He wants a hundred percent of our worship of our, of who we are. So this, this was a direct declaration of the first two commandments given at Sinai. Solomon's compromise was a sudden thing. He gradually walked away from uh walked away from God to idolatry. Didn't did Solomon knew who the God of Israel was? Yes, he did. He talked to him, he walked with him, he prayed to him. Did that stop him from going and worship the gods of his wives? No, it did not. And we say. Pastor, I would never do that. Oh, we cannot say that. We have to say, Lord, this world is very tempting. Alone, I can't do it, but Lord, give me the strength to always have my eyes and my heart focus on you. Because there's a lot of temptation. There's a lot of things around us. This is to prove that to, to all of us that when, that even though we know the truth and have the truth, we are not as strong as we may think we are. Satan is stronger and wiser than you and me. He is a liar and a deceiver. And if you don't be careful, if we don't be careful uh, uh, and wiser or, or wise, uh, he will come around and deceive us. So, but if we are deceived, don't blame, don't blame Satan for it. We made that choice, right? Solomon cannot go and blame Satan for it, no. He made the choice. Same thing with us. You can be tempted, but ultimately, you can walk away from temptation. True? You can be tempted, and and, and, and the desire is right there. uh, But if you walk away from it, guess what? Temptation gets weaker as the more you walk away from it. Solomon didn't walk away. He kept walking towards it. So if we walk towards temptation, what's going to happen? We're going to yield to it. It's like the donuts there on Sunday morning. You walk in and you eye the donuts, right? Right there. And, and you can just keep walking or find yourself opening the box. And when you open the box, you're already half there for the temptation. The next thing is, which one am I going to eat? <laughs> I'm talking about myself. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Uh, you know uh, the French crawlers catch me almost every time. I'm I'm glad that I'm making French crawlers anymore. Praise the Lord for that. So I'm looking at those things. You know what caught caught me uh, this week? An apple filled donut with with li- like cinnamon. When my eyes saw that thing. I try to walk away. I did walk away. I went back to my office and I find myself walking back like give me that donut. (laughs) Talking about yielding to temptation there. So we are responsible for what we do, isn't it? Let it be. It will give you an unquenchable thirst for ungodly things. Disobedience will give you an unquenchable thirst for ungodly things. It is uh, it is sensual love for as many wives is more compelling than a spiritual love for the Lord. He was a man with a divided, disobedient heart. Here, people who are double-minded is unstable and dangerous. Call you not uh, 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 th- those type of people are not reliable or trustworthy because their mind is divided. How could Israel be a light to the Gentile nations when their king was openly worshipping and supporting the idols of those nations? He used to offer sacrifice and burn offerings to the Lord Jehovah, but when he got old, he started to include the false gods of his wives in his worship. When you read the book of Ecclesiastes, for example, you discover that when Solomon's heart began to turn from the Lord, he went through a period of cynicism and despair. He even questioned whether life was worth living. Can you imagine? Amen. Can you, can you imagine a man that walked with the Lord, talked with the Lord, the Lord blessed him so much, and he even, he even, even questioned if his life, if life is even worth living. Sometimes I think that the book of Ecclesiastes, the person that wrote that book was depressed. The way the, way the, the book goes about it. But anyway, but think about it. How could we have the Lord God, and we could we could be joyful in Him, and come to a point in life that I, that we? Why am I living for? We're living for God. Get this. Without a close walk with the Lord, uh, with the Lord, his heart was empty, so he pursued pleasures, became involved in commercial venture ventures with many foreign nations and engage in events in building programs. Solomon's love for spiritual value was replaced by a love for physical pleasures and material wealth, and gradually his heart turned from the Lord. And we have to be careful, all of us, don't we? If we don't be careful, then this materialistic world will, will swallow us up. If we don't be careful, I mean, listen, if we have wealth, praise the Lord you have wealth. If you have things, praise the Lord, you have it. What I'm thinking about is, is, is the chasing of those things, making them our priority, it causes us to walk away from God. Was, was uh, Abraham a wealthy man? He was. Did he follow the Lord? He did. Now, can this happen to any Christian today? The answer is yes, it can. When we begin to walk away from God, we can find ourselves in the same place Solomon did. There's a warning in the New Testament about this. And not a warning, but encouragement, I would say, is in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present, present tense, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is what the Bible says, your reasonable service. And look what it says in verse 2, And be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world, But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that he may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I tell you what, the more you read God's word, the more you come to God's house, the more you listen to the teaching and the preaching of God's word, the more you talk to the Lord, the more your mind will be transformed. You die to the things of this world and you see that the things of God are more important. But we know, I'd say, oh, I have arrived. No, we never arrived until we get to heaven. We just keep on doing it each day. Point number two, we see ignoring warnings. First, it was outright disobedience. Second, secondly, is ignoring warnings here. And we see this in verse 9 right here. We read these verses. When the Lord even says to him oh, what, 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 about what he did, the Lord says in verse 9, it says, And the Lord was angry with Solomon because he turned his heart against the Lord, because he did evil. And we go all the way to verse, uh, actually verse 13. It says, I will not, I will not rent away all the kingdom. But actually, let just go back a little bit to, verse, to the bottom of verse 11. It says, Which I commended thee, I will surely rent the kingdom from thee, and I will give it to thy servant. Wow. And God promised so much for Solomon to what he was going to do even with the kingdom. And he said, If you obey me, And what he did, he disobeyed God. Folks, let me tell you that our God is a loving, caring God. I believe that. Isn't God our loving God? Some people think some people think that God is like this this judgmental God that is out there. And when you do wrong, When you do wrong, And you do right, he might bless you, but we only do it's not our God. Because our God is a God of first chances. Second chances, third chances, fourth, fifth, fifth, 20 chances. You know why? Because he's a forgiving God. Does he say that his mercies are new every morning? Why his mercies are new every morning? Because we ask forgiveness and we go to sleep and the next day God says, Hey, I got a new day for you. Isn't that good? I got a new day for you. Go serve me. He gave us another 24 hours to go serve him. And he does that every day that we live. Every day that we live he give us that fresh 24 hours that's why it's so important to start our day with the lord start your day with god so folks let me tell you that our god is a loving god like i said before he comes hard on his children he patiently warns us with all kinds of warnings for us to turn around he did it to solomon he, he told Solomon, he learned, if you obey me, I'll do all this for you. But but if you disobey me, it was like in the future. God said, today, this is what I'll do for you. But if you go the other, the other route, the other path, this is what will happen to you. God warned him before it came to pass. Let me give you an example. It's about even like, let's say, I remember when I was a kid, when I was a kid. And uh, I was, I don't know how old it was, maybe seven, eight. And this friend of mine told, um, ooh, I'm telling stories and time is flying on us. <laughs> this friend of mine told us uh, that his father bought this property. And, uh, and there was a lot of apple trees and, and orange trees. And, and when he started doing it, I knew exactly where it was because I mean, live in a small town. And... Uh, we went there and I said, your father bought this stuff? You got, Your father is rich. And we were kids. And we were there all day eating apples and, and, and oranges and, and bananas. They're all there. So I'm well, not hungry to go home. Of course, my mother was worried and concerned about the first thing when I walk in the door. Where you been? <laughs> you know, Where you been? Like, and I honestly told my mom. Swear, you know, my, my mother goes, this father don't have money to buy that thing. Let me talk with your father. Of course, my father laughed. And my mom my said, you don't want to hang around with that kid. I said, Mom, okay, I won't go there anymore. Guess what happened the next day? Because my mother told me, you better not go there because next time we be talking differently. And the next day, guess what I was? And I knew the truth. <laughs> and I was back eating bananas and a- apples and all those stuff. So when I arrived home, my mother was not worried. My mother said, judgment must be passed. <laughs> well. She gave me the warning, you know why I choose to disobey. Solomon did the same thing here. God told him beforehand, years before. uh, Me, it was just one day, (laughs) but it was years before. And guess what he did? He did it anywhere. I think we're all guilty of that, you know, when we another, when we grew up. So ignoring warnings. Some people just know what's going to happen. They know it with the potential, but they just outright ignore it. So, in that way, we see a warning of a divided, divided kingdom. We see this in verse 11. It says, Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, For as much as it is done to thee that thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I commanded thee, I will surely rent the kingdom from thee and will give it to thy servant. So, God says to him right here, uh, The kingdom will be ripped from you. This is what's going to happen. Did he care? Obviously he did not. Because if he did, he probably would think twice. That's what happened to temptation, evil desires, and wanting. The desire is so great, the must-have is so great, that we forget and we go after those things. We see this this right there, the warning of the divided kingdom. We're going to look at this, this next next week, Lord willing. Let's look at number three, resisting discipline. Resisting discipline. We see this from verse 14 all the way to verse 22. And for the sake of time, we're just going to skip that. I mean, we're not going to read all these verses. But we see in this verse, if you read it, if you have time to read it, we see that the way Solomon... God put these people in his way for him to kind of get soft about it, but he resists discipline right here. So one thing uh, that when, uh, when the road gets hard and tough and painful because the Lord disciplined uh, the discipline that one just, just returns back to the Lord. And let me tell you, when the Lord disciplines his children, the purpose is for them to what? Come back home. God loves us that much because he doesn't want us to go waste our lives in some uh, sewage out there. He wants us to be close to him back home because at home is better than be out there. You safe at home. You have the joy of the Lord at home, right? You, you, you have the pleasures of the Lord at home, the blessings of the Lord. Away from home, you have not. Let me put it this. I use the prodigal son quite a bit. The prodigal son walked away from home. What did he got out there? To a point that he was eating well with the swine. That's how bad that that's I mean, you that was that bad. But when he thought about home, he thought about warm things. In my house or my father's house, the servants got treated better than I've been I'm treated here. So he knew the blessings that was in his father's house. Don't we do that? Don't we know the blessings of the Lord? There was a man one time, he walked away from church for a long time. We were first Baptist for a long, long time. And one time I saw him and I saw I talked to him. Or I happened to see him by accident, I talked to him and I said, brother, why don't you come to church? He goes, well, I've been out of church for so long. What are people going to say of me? I said, what people going to say of you? They're probably praying for you. You know, you just just come home. God would love to have you walk in the walls of the church. He came to church. He listened to me. Praise the Lord. He listened to me. When he came to church, you know what? Exactly what happened. Hey, I've been praying for you. Hey, I've been praying for you. You know what? And when he came home, he knew, wow. And he, 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 told, he told me, it was worth coming. And he continued to come. He was so concerned because since he left, he put some tattoos on his body. And you go, see what are people are going to say? What are people are going to say? You know? So anyway, so we see, we see here resisting discipline. When we resist discipline, of course, the Lord's going to come after us. Letter A, Hadad, the Adamite. Solomon had a woman from Edom, and, uh, and there's Aaron right here, but he didn't stop. Hated for making trouble to Israel. So Had was one of those outside guys that were, were going after him. And of course the Lord allowed him, allowed this to happen for a while. So he could return back. The other one was uh, reason of Damascus. When David defeated the, the Assyrians at Zoab in 2 Samuel 8, 5 to 8, a young man named Reason, I think, reason or reason, reason, brother, is that what the name? Yeah. Risen, risen, now risen, risen, reason, reason. Okay, fled from the message with this band of soldiers and sent himself as king. So David apparently recognized him as king. And reason must have must have capable men because the power increased under his leadership. And reason allied allied himself with Hadad of Eden and began to arrest from the north. So we see the Lord began to put obstacles in the life of, of Solomon and the purpose was for them to turn around. Listen, if we are the children of God, if we are Christians, the children of God, if we are true believers and we begin to take that step and step by step walk away from the Lord, I don't think the Lord's going to allow us to, to forever being out there. He's going he's to put obstacles and things for us to turn back to him. Because he loves us that much, he's a loving God. So when we see number four, what's done is opposition. Harad attacks Solomon from the south. uh, Rezon from the north is another one. But Jeroboam was one of Solomon's own leaders who threatened the king from within. Interesting. So the Lord said, "Okay, I'm not going to have just from the north." And from the south, I'm going to have somebody from within. So yeah, I can wake you up. I tell you folks, we see letter A, we see a divided kingdom here. We're going to talk about this next week a little bit more. And of course, we see from verse 30 to 31, the uh, the prophet, the Dramatizes message by tearing Jeroboam new, new garments into twelve parts and giving him ten to the, to, to, uh, of them. This was God's way of saying that Jeroboam would become king over the ten northern tribes of Israel. We see this right there in verse 30 in verse 31. And of course he will become king uh, uh, there of those twelve tribes. and of course, the Lord is going to keep his covenant with David and is going to keep Judah and Benjamin as the, the the southern tribes. But what, why does this happen? Because of one man's choice. Again, some people say we, we don't have free will. They have no idea what they're talking about. Who caused this? Solomon. When we reap bad consequences, who make the bad choices? We do. We do. And the Lord in his love try, try to help us. Let it be we see the death of the king. In verse uh, 41, it says, In the rest of the Acts of Solomon and all that he did and his wisdom are now written in the, books, uh, in the book of Acts of Solomon. The time that Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel was 40 years and Solomon slept with his father and was burying the city of David his father and Rehoboam his son reigned in his stead. And of course Rehoboam we're going to look at him and Jeroboam next week and we're going to see how the kingdom just gets divided <coughs> because of Rehoboam counsel he goes and asks his his friends about what he should do with the people of Israel. So Solomon reigned, I'm sorry, from 971 to 931 uh, uh, B.C. uh, Did he return to the Lord before he died? Bible students don't agree with this uh, in, in the interpretation and answers, but certainly in his admonition in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 3 and 4, points in the direction of repentance and restoration, and we trust that he did so. So the accomplishment of, of his very full life were recorded not only in 1 Kings and 2 Chronicles but also in books that we don't possess including Acts of Solomon uh, in a book by Nathan the prophet and as well the records by uh, Hyder. Uh, anyway, so, but we have what the Lord wants us to have and that's what we have. So for conclusion, Solomon left behind the temple of God uh, royal uh, palace, and the nation in bondage, economy in trouble, and as well as the books of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. You know, here's what happened to Solomon here. He had wisdom, he accumulated a lot of wealth, but he was not wise to think about the next generation. And his, his bad decisions cause the kingdom to split. Sometimes we think, I do what I want to do is my prerogative, but is what we do. What we do sometimes the ramifications of it, it goes years down the road. Years down the road. So get this. Solomon imported the wives. The wives imported the gods for Solomon's heart. Solomon tolerated, encouraged, built places of worship and these, uh, for these idolaters. What can you expect the people to do but to go along? It's interesting. He didn't try to convert his wives. His wives converted him. What a good thought for us. Listen, we are Bible-believing Christians. We have the very Word of God. Be careful to who you listen to. There are people that talk about Jesus in such a sweet way. If you are grounded in your faith, you can smell it like a mile away. And when they approach you, you say, "Man, you stink. You don't understand what I'm saying, because you know what you believe, and there's nothing going to move you." I like what my son, my older son, is not here with us, but I like what he said to me the other day. We were I was working helping him in his house, uh, putting a water pump in his basement. And I don't know if he remembers that, but it was unique. He touched me. He said to me, talking about something, he said to me, Dad, you are solid. You are movable." I said, thank you. <laughs> you know, praise the Lord. You know, I know what I believe, and I'm not going to listen to these people. I know what I believe, and by the grace of God, I keep on going. Can I fall? Yeah, I can. When I ask the Lord, Lord, give me strength to keep my eyes on you each and every day. And we need to do the same. That's what we need to do. Because us and our own flesh, we're going to fall. We're going to fail. And i I just close with this. Get uh, Solomon imported the wives. The wives imported the gods for Solomon. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. And Lord, we see a man, Lord, that started well. Lord, you bless him with so many things, wisdom, wealth. And Lord, many homes and a wonderful kingdom, Lord, but he turned his heart away from you. Help us.